We don't talk much about our dreams in our culture. Maybe you have had a profound dream, and you were probably careful with who you shared that dream. People might think you're crazy or might interpret it differently than you do, or you might be wondering how to interpret it, and so you're careful about whose voice you allow to consider what the dream might be. I think of this because of our gospel lesson today. Joseph was told three times in a dream what to do. And we read this passage with familiarity and ease and even maybe envision this instruction coming to Joseph in a very clear-cut way, as if perhaps an angel really showed up in his dream with a face and looked at him face-to-face in his dream and said, go to Egypt or go to Israel or don't go that way. Maybe we've just become so familiar with it that we think of it in that way. You could almost exchange the word dream for the word letter, and we would read it and experience the scripture text similarly as we do. But I think it is nice to consider what it was like when it first happened, to wonder how it is that Joseph got this instruction in a dream. Was it an angel that's face showed up Directly, directly across from his own in his eyelids? That would be something to tell, wouldn't it? Or was it a little more nuanced where he had this sense that it was time to go and he imagined himself with his baby and his wife because here it had always already been a year or so since Jesus was born. And he envisioned that they were moving, it was time to move, and they were going somewhere to their home, but it didn't look like their home, but it felt like home. And all of a sudden he knew that it was Egypt. I wonder if that's how the dream happened. Maybe what we read in the Gospel of Matthew is the simplified version that has developed over years of telling and telling and being told again. Finally, it just got to the point where people said, well, Joseph was told in a dream that he should go to Egypt. I bring this up because I think that it helps us consider how it is that God gives us direction in our lives. And how difficult it can be sometimes for us, even scary perhaps, to consider the direction that God offers us in very real and personal ways. Joseph was told specifically to go to Egypt. Maybe he knew that more in hindsight than he did at the very moment that he was given that direction. Maybe he had a sense that it was the right thing to do, but he wasn't quite sure. We are reminded through this gospel lesson today that God is a very personal God and relates to us each individually in very personal ways. Our Christian faith is personal and it is public. Joseph is an example of that. Joseph knew what to do because God gave him direction in a very personal way. We do want to know what God wants us to do As faithful followers, we're eager to say, what is it you would have me do, Lord? And then we look for ways to live faithfully into that life. In our gospel lesson today, we are given a sense that God speaks to us directly, even individually, and that that counts. That's one way to know of God's direction in our life. Matthew also is showing how we know what it is God is doing among us on more of a big level, on a macro level. 
because he recounts the scriptures time and again throughout his gospel. Matthew's gospel was written 30-some years after Jesus' death and resurrection. The stories that are recorded now on paper were told again and again and again. And Matthew has compiled these. He references the first scriptures, the first testament, over and over again to show how Jesus' coming was to fulfill the holy scriptures. Because people wanted to know, is this really of God? So one way that we can know whether or not something is really of God is how it relates to the holy scriptures. And Matthew demonstrates that for us. I don't know if you've ever thought for a moment about how these gospels came to be written or any of the holy texts. Maybe you just kind of assumed that it was whispered into Matthew's ear and he put down every single word. But most biblical scholars don't think it happened that way. They became known because the community recognized these stories and validated them time and again with the telling and the retelling of them. And Matthew has a particular intent with his scripture. He wants to show how Jesus is the fulfillment of the Hebrew scriptures. He is the Messiah. And if you open up to Matthew's gospel, you see in the first two chapters his reference time and again and time and again to the First Testament, how it is that Jesus is fulfilling what the prophets foretold. This is one way we know about God's activity in our lives, is how it relates to Holy Scripture. So I've already shared with you two ways to know of how God works in our lives. One is through our deep internal knowing, stuff that does become evident to us in our dreams. And then the other is through Holy Scripture and how it is that our actions are in tandem with what it is God is doing in Scripture. Those are two ways to know what God's will is for each of us. The third way is how it is supported in Christian community. If you have a sense of what God wants you to do, maybe it feels like a challenge. It could be um, as non-glamorous as loving your neighbor. But it should be something that the community recognizes, the Christian community recognizes as faithful living. And so when we consider what it is that God would have us do with our lives, we must hold it up to light. For as has been said, our Christian faith is very personal and it's very public. Our faith should be something that the rest of the community can recognize as faithful and thus encourage and support us in our endeavors of faithfulness. I share all of this with you here at the beginning of the year because often we think about our New Year's resolutions and consider what it is that we might focus on in the coming year. And I wonder how that might look for you if you hold those resolutions up to the gospel light and to consider how God's will is working in and through you with those resolutions. What deep knowledge is being responded to? How is God moving in you deeply in your New Year's resolution? How is God affirming the whole narrative of his salvation story in your New Year's resolution? How does the Christian community support you in that New Year's resolution? Because people, what we do know is that God is a living God and is in relationship with us living people. That is the message of the Christmas story. That is what is profound. That is what has stood the test of time for over 2,000 years. 
that God is a living God and knows each of his children and longs to be alive in each of them. And so we come to this second Sunday after Christmas with an openness to consider how is God living in your life? How is God directing your life? What deep knowledge is God speaking to you in and through you? How is God shaping you through the scriptures? How is God affirming God's work in you through the Christian community? These are the ways that we know of God among us, God with us, Emmanuel. It is what we celebrate on this Christmas Day, this second Sunday of Christmas, and it is what we celebrate throughout the year. So let this second Sunday of Christmas be a focal point, a starting point, for carrying the Christmas message throughout our year of God with us, God among us, God working in us. Amen.